everyone. This is the Alexander News Show for February 24, 2021 from Miami, Florida, USA. So this is a local, uh, national, worldwide show. And today we're going to discuss the rise of China. I mentioned in my last show that I had a show about the rise in crime in Miami-Dade County. And of course, as well as Miami Beach, it was, a two, it was two shows. If you want to go back into the history, you can listen to it. It's an awesome show. This show, the Alexander News Show, is found on most podcast platforms, mainly iHeartRadio and then Spotify and anywhere that you can get a uh, basically a podcast. You can just type in Alexander News Show. And of course, follow the show and listen to uh, basically catch up with the latest information, the latest news, everything about me and the show on Twitter. That's the best place to find me. Alexander News SH. <clears throat> Alexander News SH. Now, I haven't been tweeting every single day because of the fact that Twitter is, uh, they're basically trying to police conservatives, right wingers, even moderates. People are in the middle for expressing their opinions and views. And Twitter is doing this. So I am not getting on Twitter every single day and tweeting. So I just wanted to mention that. But you can still follow me because it's still up to date. I usually take two or three days out of a week and not tweet at all. And then I'll go and I'll tweet for two days in a row. Mainly when I do these shows. So I'm trying to find a specific day to do a show. I'm trying to do it twice a week like I did last year towards the end of the year. But I haven't been able to um, because I'm working on other projects. But anyway... So, uh, let me let me explain let me explain today today basically what we're going to discuss the rise of China. China is becoming a very powerful country in two aspects, economically and militarily. And if uh, in, in, you know, look, this is my honest opinion. The Chinese economy in my opinion, has over, already overtaken the U.S. economy. And they are they have overtaken us because of one of the main things that they've done is the Silk Road project. And we're going to discuss that, and we're going to discuss some of the projects that they're doing. So, and the fact that they are so disciplined. Look, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm an American. I was born and raised in, in, in the U.S. here in Miami. But the UN, but the Chinese, when it comes to education, when it comes to work ethic, they just have more discipline. They're not... Look, you got your, you got your 10-year-old child here in the U.S. doing TikTok, dancing like a, like a buffoon. Sorry, I have to be honest. Dancing like a buffoon, dancing... And that's all they do. Tablets and their cell phones. And and then, you know, you got these young, you know, these individuals that go to college here in the U.S. Just dancing in, fr- in frat parties. Partying in frat parties. And, of course, you, a lot of the people here in this country is too, are too focused on what some sleazeball, crack addict celebrity is doing with their lives. While the Chinese... The 10-year-old, all the 10-year-old child is doing in China is just reading books. Reading books and learning how to do math. 
And the ones that are in college, all the, they don't do these frat parties. I mean, from what I know, I don't even think there's a, there's such a thing as frat parties in China, in the universities. I mean, they're still disciplined and, and the rest are just working. The adults are working. They're trying to better themselves. Add to the fact that China's got a, a population that's four times bigger than that of the U.S. They have like three, 1.3 billion citizens. We have 300 million. That plays a part. The fact of the matter is China, their form of socialism is, is kind of successful. Actually, it's successful. I mean, if you think about it, compared to what Cuba's got or Venezuela's got, their government system, their form of government is communist, but their economy is democracy, open. That same thing that the U.S. has, and they've got less regulations, and there and things to do and to how to conduct business is just cheaper in China. So I'm giving you some reasons of why the Chinese have become successful and why they're rising. So the, the, today's show is the rise of China. Before I go any further. You can find this show, um, you can find me, um, my documentaries on my YouTube channel, which is Alexander News Show, and also on Instagram, and I'm not going to discuss Biden, I know you hate the fact that you always want to tune to this show and listen to what Biden's doing, look, I'll get to it eventually one day, I just don't feel the need to discuss it, I'm going to stress myself out, trying to discuss Joe Biden and his... uh, Radical agenda that he's got. Um, and I know you want to talk about voter fraud. We had this discussion a few months ago. And am I f- afraid to get sued by Dominion? I got this. It's my theory that there was voter fraud. It's my theory. It's my, um, how can I say, my half ass opinion. Do I have evidence to support this? Well, no, but I mean, if you put two and two together and uh, what some of the true media, news media outlets put out there, it seems, and if you have a little common sense, and it seems and it looks like it's a theory, I said the word theory, there was voter fraud. But anyway, Miami-Dade County, I'm not going to discuss how I, I did, I had a show about the State of the Union address that she addressed, that she gave. All these things, you can just go into the history of the podcast shows. But I want to discuss, um, I got a short little video here I want you to listen to. It's going to take a few minutes to discuss how China builds so fast. Why are they so great? Do you know that they built um, a functioning 1500 room hospital in just five days? Now, I'm pretty sure that we, as a country, the United States, can do the same thing. I'm pretty sure. I mean, let me be honest. I'm pretty sure we can do the same thing. But it hasn't been done yet. And the Chinese did it. So I want you to listen. This is from Tech Vision. In YouTube. I just want to give you the source. Listen to this 
video, documentary. Short, short one, it's going to take a few minutes. Last month, China made headlines around the world for announcing it had built a fully functioning 1,500 room hospital in just five days. This remarkable feat of engineering and logistics was executed in response to a COVID-19 surge in Nangong, a city in Hebei province. It recalled a time earlier in the pandemic when workers in Wuhan erected a 1,000-bed hospital in a little over a week. Right now, even in the teeth of the coronavirus, China's energetic builders are not only creating hospitals at breakneck pace, but moving startlingly quickly in the spheres of high-speed rail, bridge building, and skyscraper construction. So today, we're putting on our hard hats and asking exactly how does China build so fast? China's modern economic boom is little short of dazzling. Ballooning national prosperity has lifted hundreds of millions of people out of poverty, urbanized its citizenry faster than any other civilization in human history, and created some pretty awesome infrastructure projects along the way. Not least the world's largest dam, the world's biggest airport, and a veritable forest of shiny new skyscrapers. Most strikingly, the People's Republic has spent over $300 billion on almost 40,000 kilometers of high-speed rail infrastructure, putting it light years ahead of every other country on on Earth and proving its commitment to a sustainable public transport-centric future for its 1.5 billion citizens. Not bad when you consider that project only really got started in 2008. So how are they doing it so fast? Part of the answer lies in awesome technology. Take the carefully named SLJ900, colloquially referred to as the Iron Monster. Designed by the Zhuzhang Railway Design Institute and manufactured by Beijing's Wow Joint Machinery Company, it represents nothing short of a paradigm shift in railway construction. China's often rugged landscape means that much of its rail network requires raising up on bridges or viaducts. Traditionally, these viaducts are constructed using heavy-duty cranes, which painstakingly lift narrow wedges of span into place. The Iron Monster takes a rather different approach. Rolling along already completed bridge sections on its 64 wheels, it proceeds to slide great long sections of new bridge out over the void to be laid onto the next pier. This By the way, let me stop the video for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm an American. I'm pulling for my country. I want us to be on top of the game. But the reality is, is that, and I'm gonna have, let me just tell you, you all something right now. I'm gonna be doing a lot of shows about China. Today's show is the rise of China. I may do another show, but it won't be called the rise of China. It might be another name. China overtakes the USA. The fact of the matter is, we don't build anymore. This country, this country doesn't build anything. When was the last time this country built something major? And I'm talking major. Okay? I need you all to understand this. When was the last time that this country did anything significant? As far as infrastructure projects? China does dozens of infrastructure projects not only in, the, in in their own country for the to benefit its population and its government but for every and for every dozens maybe 40 50 infrastructure projects major projects science breakthroughs this country probably does five or six and that's just an estimate i'm not going to say that that's an exact number the reality is we just don't build anything anymore and if you look at China, and I, you know, basically look at the videos, China's got a lot of their highways are brand new. They have brand new streets, beautiful infrastructure. And when you look at the United States and it's like, 
none of the, a lot of the roads are, 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 have hot potholes in it. There's tall, ugly weed and grass on the sides of the streets, graffiti. And it's not just here in Miami Dade County. You got this all over the United States in Philadelphia, um, Minneapolis, Atlanta, Detroit. You got abandoned houses, abandoned buildings, buildings that are crumbling, dams that burst in the Midwest. Our infrastructure is in bad shape. We've got our, our, our communities in decay. What's happened in Detroit is just, an, it's, it's, it's deplorable. All the jobs have shipped to China. All the jobs have gone to China. China's the top producer of steel. This country used to be the top producer of steel. Not anymore. China's been the top producer of steel for the past dozen years. Of course, you can thank Richard Nixon for giving the Chinese the blood of this country. Part of the big failure that he did was he decided to end the gold standard. And of course, I'm going to continue to go, but I'm giving you part of the reason. I mean, like I said, I can't cover everything in the show. China. Why am I discussing China? Why well, I could be discussing um, basically uh, Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, or I could be discussing some other political affairs, a coronavirus. Coronavirus, Biden, Trump, Trump. You know, we had a we had something going very well. We had we had a little bit of hope, and the hope was Joe, uh, Donald Trump. And for as immoral as he is, for as imperfect as he is, before the coronavirus, you stupid fool that voted for Joe Biden never had it so good. Never had it so good when Trump was president. He was the one president, the only political digger. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let me just cut to the chase. A rising China is dangerous for the United States. Now let's continue listening to the video. Technology. 
take the casually named SLJ 900, colloquially referred to as the Iron Monster. Designed by the Shijiazhong Railway Design Institute and manufactured by Beijing's Wow Joint Machinery Company, it represents nothing short of a paradigm shift in railway construction. China's often rugged landscape means that much of its rail network requires raising up on bridges or viaducts. Traditionally, these viaducts are constructed using heavy-duty cranes, which painstakingly lift narrow wedges of span into place. The Iron Monster takes a rather different approach. Rolling along already completed bridge sections on its 64 wheels, it proceeds to slide great long sections of new bridge out over the void to be laid onto the next pier. This span is then secured, after which the monster rolls back to collect the next section, fabricated trackside in a temporary factory that moves alongside the project. Not only does it look amazing, but this 580-ton, 91-meter-long beast helps the railway get built faster and more cost-effectively than more traditional techniques. A similar, even bigger cousin of the Iron Monster, known as Kunlun, is currently building the colossal 9.1-mile Meizhou Bay Bridge in China's southeast. Kunlun is capable of shifting vast 40-meter-long 1,000-ton box girders. The sheer heft of these almighty machines makes them significantly heavier than any train the viaducts will ever be expected to carry, which is probably quite reassuring from a safety point of view. When finished, trains will hurtle along these tracks at anywhere from 120 to 220 miles per hour. But the Chinese aren't stopping there. They're currently testing a prototype maglev train around Shanghai, which could well be zooming commuters to work at around 350 miles an hour by the year 2025. Tunneling is another field in which the Chinese excel, using machines reportedly dreamt up with the help of German freelance engineering consultants. These boring machines, which are anything but boring, burrow as far as 10 meters a day at a unit cost of just $10 million per kilometer. That might sound expensive until you learn that a kilometer of tunnel in the US will typically set you back a cool $50 million. However, on China's rail network, as on its lightning-quick hospital building program, construction technology is only part of the answer. The nature of China's political and regulatory framework is, in truth, probably the most significant factor in how things get built so quickly there. Compare the process of building a high-speed railway in China with a similar project in any typical Western country. In the West, before a single meter of track is laid, detailed feasibility studies are commissioned to work out whether or not the line is likely to be profitable. If not, there's very little chance it will get built. In China, the railways are funded by the government. Much of the network, especially in less populous regions of the country, consistently fails to make money. For instance, the Zhongzhou-Xi'an high-speed railway ran just 30 trains in 2016, making a multi-billion dollar loss. Other factors, such as harsh climate conditions on the line from Guangzhou, cause eye-wateringly high maintenance costs that all but obliterate profits. No problem when the cashed-up central government in Beijing is footing the bill. High-speed lines in Western countries are often delayed by years, or at least expensively rerouted whenever environmentally sensitive habitats are seen to be threatened by the development. This is considered less of a problem in China, for better or worse, and so things move quite a bit faster. Another problematic hold-up endured by developers in the West concerns the purchase of land, which is often prohibitively expensive and can condemn even well-run projects to years or even decades of slugging it out in the courts. In China, again, the situation is very different. If the government decides it wants the land, it simply takes over the lease. Compensation is often provided, but with little or no right of appeal. Fundamentally, the nature of electoral politics means Western leaders are often reluctant to sign off on potentially unpopular schemes, like railway lines, whose benefits might not become obvious for a generation. If a big noisy construction project might upset the electorate, any politician defending a slim majority at a forthcoming election will try and duck any hard decisions. This wastes a great deal of time. In China, senior leaders on the whole don't need to answer to their electorates, at least 
not in quite the same way. That arrangement isn't to everybody's taste, to be sure, but China's long-termist philosophy is undeniably helpful to its construction industry. When the Chinese government announced it would spend 2.8 trillion yuan on railway infrastructure between 2016 and 2020, organizations like the Beijing Wow Joint Machinery Company knew they could confidently invest time and money developing the Iron Monster, knowing ample lucrative contracts would follow and justify all that R&D outlay. China's mighty vision for infrastructure isn't constrained within its own borders. In 2013, leader Xi Jinping announced what became known as the Belt and Road Initiative, a vast scheme designed to establish modern railways, roads and shipping lanes across great swathes of Asia, Europe and Africa. In May 2017, for example, a railway was built on the Chinese model using Chinese machines between Mombasa and Nairobi. Its sleek modern tracks marched across the Kenyan countryside at a lively clip of 700 meters per day. And the project was completed not just on time, but fully 18 months ahead of schedule. Not every construction project China undertakes is underwritten by the public sector, to be clear. The country's boom in high-rises is very much a function of private enterprise. But the booming economy and vast, rapidly urbanizing population have enabled construction firms and engineers to get pretty creative in this sphere as well. Take this so-called wall-climbing monster, also known as the skyscraper machine. Designed and built by a team of Chinese engineers who filed no fewer than eight patents realizing their brainchild, this smart 2,000-ton behemoth has already been used on multiple 100-story-plus tower projects, not least China Sun, Beijing's tallest tower at 528 meters. Each of the wall-climbing monster's 12 hydraulic jacks is capable of bearing 400 tons in weight, and it builds an entire floor every three days. Oh, and it's hurricane-proof. Some critics argue China is building much too fast, if anything, pointing to a glut of so-called ghost cities across the country. They say that as the global economy sputters, many such silent towers are doomed to remain empty. However, China is betting its population will only go on growing and urbanizing, and so it's better to have all that infrastructure established in an orderly fashion rather than allow it to evolve higgledy-piggledy as in the West. Critics also point to China's less-than-optimal construction safety record, or poor worker rights, and suggest that while a hospital built in five days might look great in propaganda videos, it's unlikely to stand the test of time. Why? Poured concrete, which forms the basis of almost all modern construction, takes around 28 days to cure and dry. Accelerate that process, for whatever reason, and cracks are more likely to appear, which inevitably creates bigger problems down the line. By contrast, in the UK, London's Excel Convention Centre was turned into a high-tech COVID hospital in just nine days last springtime. When the pandemic ultimately passes, the Excel will go back to its former use. That's surely a far more sustainable and cost-effective proposition all round, if less eye-catching from a headline writer's perspective. Still, there's no disputing the fact that China's rapid building boom is a marvel to behold. Ambitious new technologies infused with near-bottomless budgets and an unprecedented degree of sophisticated central planning show what can be achieved when human might and ingenuity are applied to the great challenges of our age. What do you think? Is China... So ladies and gentlemen, let me give you some uh, tidbits about this video. In my own vor- in my own words, the Chinese government is the one that funds pretty much everything in that country and around the entire world. What China does is what the US does. They print money. They have the ability to print money. Remember remember Mr. Richard Nixon? You got rid of the gold standard. I mean, yeah, you got to look at you got to look at that, and you got to look at the fact that he made a visit. He was one, I think, the first U.S. president to make a visit to China in a very, very long time. Many, many years had been before Nixon ever made a visit to China. 
And he said, hey, listen, I want you to trade with us. So you got to look at that. I'm going to get it a little further now. It's part of the that's part of the equation. It's part of the it's part of the reason. Small little, you know, actually it's a big reason. Big part of the reason why China is rising. But the fact is that China, though it's not perfect, though it's not perfect, and they don't care, they're willing to spend the money mainly on infrastructure projects. Mainly, of course. And the infrastructure projects, high-speed rail. And so, this is how it goes. This is what it comes down to. You heard the entire video. In the U.S., United States, you got cities like Philadelphia, Oakland, California, Candom, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, New York City, Atlanta, a little bit of Miami-Dade, where the streets have potholes, bridges are crumbling, there are abandoned buildings and it's loud, tall, ugly weed with grass on the sides of the roads and trash littering, littering our streets all around in our inner cities. Cities that I mentioned and plus a bunch of other cities, Detroit, Atlanta, Birmingham, Alabama, Houston, Texas, New Orleans, Louisiana. That's not acceptable in China. China doesn't have that. And if they do, it's very little. And China is not in decay. China is brand new. Everything is being built fast. Does the U.S. have a high-speed rail? Though it's a money-losing proposition. It is. It always runs into cost overruns. It's not profitable. Maybe if a private entity and it becomes privatized, like Metrorail, a company that runs it, a private company that runs it, or a private company that runs a highway by one of the ways for them to fund and they make money because they built the highway is to have tolls. It could be profitable for a private entity, but not for a government. But China doesn't care. China does not give a damn. So you look at the fact that they're disciplined. I'm giving you reasons why China is rising and is probably overtaking the U.S. already economically. The fact that they don't care to spend the money. They don't care to print the money because they're creating investment. They're creating investment. Outside of their borders, they are building Africa. And that's another thing. U.S. has never cared about Africa. They never cared. So China is invested heavily. And they have this thing called the Silk Road, and they are, and they created an infrastructure bank. And when they do is they give they give countries money, they lend them money, or they give them grants, or a line of credit, and they hook countries around the world, like Pakistan, like one of these small island countries small little Mickey Mouse 
island nations in the Pacific. And they're on the hook. And they are indebted to the Chinese. Which means in turn, what, what did the Chinese get from giving money to a sovereign, another sovereign country? Control. Basically, more land, more power, more control, more influence in that part of the world. And in, in, in that region, in that part of the world. So, like I said, I'm going to have to be doing a bunch of shows about China. But I, um, and that's okay. And I can talk about Joe Biden. I can talk about, um, I can talk about Donald Trump. But I'm not going to do that. Now, we're going to talk about China. So everything started with China in December 1978. You got to thank Deng Xiaoping, the former president of China. He's the one that opened up the Chinese economy. And their economy started rising in 1978. GDP growth has averaged ever since 1978. Almost 10% a year and more than 850 million people have been lifted out of poverty. Today, China is an upper middle income country and they are the world's second biggest economy, which in my views are actually the biggest economy in the world. If they are either they're tied with the U.S. or they have overtaken the U.S. What does the U.S. do? It's very simple. We don't build anything anymore. We don't trade with other countries. The same trade that we've done with China. We don't do with other countries. Why is it that we don't trade with with Brazil more? Yes, we do trade with Brazil, but but it's like small compared to what we do with China. Why is it that we don't trade more with uh, some of the African countries? Like the US should really do that. Labor would be st- would still be cheaper, if not cheaper, than what they do in China. It's very simple. We've given everything to the Chinese. Everything to the Chinese. But let me add this too. The reality is, is that our past presidential administrations, with the exception of Donald Trump, because Trump was trying to fix this. Now we're going to have it. It's going to go back to Joe Biden. And when you hear Joe Biden say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be tough in the Chinese... Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened with Clinton, what happened with Reagan, is that they gave all of our manufacturing, everything that's made in the United States, when you go to the stores and see many, many ages ago, you used to be able to go into a Walmart. And it used to be that most everything that you bought in Walmart was made in America. You fast forward many ages later, and everything that you buy in Walmart is made in China. Distributed in the USA, made in China. And this has been a policy that has been accepted and has been allowed and has been made possible by our government. And you look at it, 
millions of jobs have been destroyed. Manufacturing, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's why cities like Detroit, cities like Milwaukee, Minneapolis are in decay because they used to be manufacturing hubs. Even Ohio, Cleveland. And these and these cities were were like vibrant. And then when everything everything just you know with these administrations, these presidential administrations, dating back to Richard Nixon and going right into Jimmy Carter, because he pretty much put the nail boom all the way down to the wood, to the very end. And it's gone all the way up to the before so Trump came in and said, uh, hold on a minute, we're being, we're being ripped off. All of our jobs have gone to China and our manufacturing. We don't make any anything anymore in, in, in the U.S. of A. Now, now Biden is back in, he's the president now. And, and he's got this plan of Buy America plan, which I think is a bunch of bull crap. I mean, Trump was standing up to the Chinese, I mean got the tariffs in place and anybody that says the tariffs weren't working no they were working and before the coronavirus China's economy started to contract and of course coronavirus came and that's another conversation because I think that that could be something that China did on purpose <laughs> gets interesting right so you have to think the fact you have to thank um, Dao Champing. He was the one that said, you know, Mao Zedong, I really love you. The former president, the founder of China's Communist Party. I love you, man, but you're too close-minded. Your, your form of thinking, governmental thinking, communism is vibrant, it's beautiful, but Economic way of thinking is not the right way. That's Venezuela's way. That's Cuba's way. That's why their economies are in shit. Shithole. Hell. He decided. No, no. I want to keep communism. But I want a democratic open economy. And that's what you got. And China makes everything. They are doing everything and economically and militarily. Now, I'm not going to discuss military. That'll be for another show. But I want to discuss... I want to discuss... Let me see real quick. Let me see real quick here. Um, I'm going to discuss with you all... Some of the things that China's building... see ladies and gentlemen this is the alexander news show by the way and you can find this show on most podcast platforms so i'm going to give you there's 30 i got a list of 30 giant infrastructure projects that are reshaping the world now i'm not going to mention them all but i'm going to tell you some of them these infrastructure projects is what's not being done in the United States. And for 30 of these projects, either 
being done in China or outside of China, it's the U.S. is probably doing five or six of them. China's winning the infrastructure race. They're winning the science race. They're winning the Silicon Valley race. Literally. So let me uh, let me give you some let me give you some numbers and let me give you some news here. So China spent in 2016 they spent 110 million dollars to build the Pingtang Telescope. It will be the world's second largest radio telescope. Its dish measures 1,640 feet across. They also built, they spent 176 million. The Shanghai Synchrotron Laboratory, Radiation Laboratory, they built a radiation laboratory, conducts China's major scientific projects. It's the country's most expensive research facility. Let me get into it. I'm not going to speak. Every, I'm not going to mention all the projects. But out here, here's one that's infrastructure. The King Ling Tunnel costed China $473 million. It is the longest highway tunnel in China, measuring more than 11 miles underneath Zongnang Mountain. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not scared to invest money. That's part of the reason. That's part of it. The fact that the Chinese are very disciplined, but they're not scared to invest the money. They're not scared to, to throw away their money. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're losing money on their, on their railways. It doesn't matter. What they just care about is projecting power, and they want to be the top dog. And they're spending like crazy. Printing money? Yeah, but they invested. U.S. doesn't do that. The U.S. gives money like they're going to do right now. They're going to give us $1,400. They're using coronavirus as an excuse to give $1,400 to every single American. And extend unemployment benefits until like the end of the year and keep us from not working. Chinese doesn't do that. Chinese want... The Chinese government wants everyone to work. No handouts. And they use the money, instead of giving it to the people, they use it to invest in their country or other countries. It becomes an investment. And with an investment, it gets value. With value, you get more richer where you don't have to print as much money. So China spent $532 million, the high nine Power grid project will be the second. Will um, hybrid high grid power? Okay, the Hainan, it's an island. Power grid project will get a second underwater cable that runs between the southern island island of Hainan to mainland China. They spent 532 million. It's not 10 or 20 million, ladies and gentlemen. You're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. 717 million they spent. Another project. Kazgang Holten Railway connects all the cities and towns of the southwestern Tarim 
Bazin. They spent $760 million. The building that's home to China Central TV headquarters is a loop of six horizontal and vertical sections covering 1,000, actually 1,551,837 feet. 1551837 feet. They spent on 900 million on building a hydroelectric project. It's the biggest Asia. It's the biggest in Asia and plays a vital role in supplying power to eastern China. It's called the Tianping Hydroelectric. I would say electric power machine grid. The biggest in Asia and plays a vital role in supplying power to southeastern China. Did I mention, I forgot to mention that China has more higher, more high rises than the U.S., newer buildings than the U.S., three to one. When you start looking at which country has the most high rises, newer buildings, we're talking downtowns, China beats the U.S. three to one. The U.S. stopped building buildings. And if they do, they're doing it in New York, they're doing it in Miami, they're doing a little bit in, 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 in LA, but it's stopped. Point is, we don't build anything anymore. We're not creating any jobs here back in our country. All the jobs will be shipped to China. To top all of this as well, is that China has taken our intellectual property. Thank you, Bill Clinton, for giving military secrets away to the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, yeah. Just look it up. Do the research. China's taking our intellectual property from not only our military, but for all of the technology that we got. And they've copied it and made it just the same, if not better. And so, I just want you all to understand that today's show was about the rise of China. I mentioned to you who's responsible for, why, who's responsible, who's the political figure that made it possible? Dao Xinping, president of China in 1978, he took over for Mao Zedong. The reasons, I gave you the reasons, Chinese are more disciplined than us Americans. While we are focused on our Kardashian getting divorced from a Kanye West, they're focused on the books. They don't care about celebrities. While they're determined to build and build and build, the Chinese are determined to build and build and build and build and create new things with all the jobs that have been shipped from the US to China, whether they're building infrastructure They're building projects in other countries. Okay. They don't care to spend money. They're determined. We are not. We as Americans stopped building a long time ago. And we'll build here and there, but it's not anything ordinary. I mean, it's not anything out of this world. Chinese are doing it at rapid paces.
And they got a lot of ideas that are currently on, on the plans, the pipeline, or they're doing it already. On top of that, China devalues its currency. How convenient, huh? This country's allowed it. They've always allowed China to devalue its currency. How convenient. Ladies and gentlemen, a rising China is dangerous for our country. It's dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. It's dangerous. Let me tell you something else right now. Silk Road. Let me show you something else. I'm looking, I'm doing some research here real quick. The, the Belt and Road Initiative, known in Chinese and formerly in English as One Belt Road, or OBOR for short, is a global infrastructure development strategy adopted by the Chinese government in 2013 to invest in nearly 70 countries and international organizations. Very interesting. That's another thing they got going on. The U.S. has nothing like this. Nothing like this. So I'm giving you some very interesting tidbits and information about China, the rise of China. And if, and if, and unfortunately, we don't have a Donald Trump anymore. We see, I see a very bad situation occurring with this country where the United States is going to be the second biggest economy in the world. U.S. officially, it's not official yet. My view is China's bigger economy. And militarily as well. And what's going to happen is the U.S. will fall behind. And we're going to be crying to the Chinese. The United States. And it's going to happen. It's already kind of happening. But it's going to happen even more. We're going to be crying to the Chinese in a few more years. Give it five more years. The Chinese is digitizing its currency, by the way. They've already started that. The Chinese is involved, you just read there, I just read to you, over 70 countries around the world, more countries actually, they've invested money. And I've already mentioned to you, there are infrastructure projects that they don't care about investing money, and I can continue going on and on and on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show is titled The Rise of China. Simple as that. And the reasons behind it, I gave you some information about this. And the next, I want to do a couple of more shows. Um, The next couple of shows, what I want to do is I want to discuss more about this, about China's rise. Get more into details about what they're doing with the Belt and Silk Road project that they're doing. And the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that all the manufacturers left our country. Of course, this happened many years ago. Thank you to the failed policies of our, of our past presidential administrations, including, and I know you all love Ronald Reagan. He's probably one of the greatest presidents that ever lived. But you got to blame him as well. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Thank you, Bill Clinton. Thank you, Barack Obama. And now, thank you, Joe Biden. Jobs have been shipped to China. Why would a country do that? Can anybody tell me why would any 
sovereign nation shipped millions of jobs to another foreign entity. Everything that used to be made in one foreign nation, which is our nation, is now being made in another nation. It's very simple. Ignorance, stupidity, maybe the one world government, intention, you name it. Because maybe someone in the inner circle decided we want China to be stronger. Maybe there was a spy in charge. Something happened. That's main, That's one of the main reasons why China is just a monster that you can't stop. That's why it's the, the rise of China. Ladies and gentlemen, the Alexander News Show. For February 24, 2021. And you can find me on Twitter, Alexander News SH. Also, Instagram, Alexander News Show. Listen to podcast platforms, this show, most of them, Alexander News Show. And I'm going to post a couple of articles about what I read to you on my Twitter. I'll be back in a couple of days to, uh, for another edition of a brand new Alexander News Show. Thank you for listening.